<laughs> Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. Uh, that was Catherine Rubino. We're both of Above the Law, the online publication that you should be reading. I mean, I would hope so. Uh, It'd be interesting. I can't imagine people have found this podcast without knowing. I mean, you've said that every time I brought this up, I think. Do I? Yeah. Well, we're, huh. we're falling into a predictable rut here, I think. Oh, that's delightful. I'm sure our regular listeners are thrilled by that. Yeah. So we are from Bubba. We do this show every week to talk about some of the like big legal stories of the past week. Or just uh, ones we find personally interesting. Right. Not always ones that are in Above the Law. Sometimes it's other stuff, but uh, usually because of right, Above the Law, it covers like, everything. Oh, like this is the biggest news, but it's also like this was interesting, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. It could be, you know, there's lots of reasons why they come onto our radar and make it into the show. It's not yeah. just, you know, because otherwise we would just be talking about raises every week. Fair enough. Well, now we're um, we're about about a minute in or so. So I feel like uh, it's time to begin our segment talking about small talk. <laughs> I do like the sound effects. <laughs> yeah. So how was your weekend, Joe Patrice? Terrible. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Is there follow up there or? Yeah, so uh, I had a, I had a run in with some wasps. Oh, um, that does not sound great. What yeah. happened? Well, I um I put a sharp object into uh of the ground. It, apparently, though, there was a nest in said ground that I kicked into the middle of, like I was Winnie the Pooh looking for honey. Uh, and <laughs> except uh, wasps don't except make it was, honey. <laughs> exactly, except it was wasps, so it was way worse. And uh, they yeah that, they came out. That does not sound like a great. Oh, yeah. No, it was a lot of them. Uh, It was a lot of them. And a lot of them got me. Uh, Oh, no. Yeah. So like six or seven, I think, got me. Uh, Yeah. Are you okay? I am. Lots of Benadryl and all that Yeah, I'm not allergic or else, you know, you would be hosting with a guest (laughs) host probably. Uh, But (laughs) yeah. We might even cancel if you were dead. The show has to go on, (laughs) That's how important you are. The The law never sleeps. So that was... uh. That was my weekend. Uh, how about you? I actually went to a Sweet 16 party this weekend. Oh, hang out with a lot of 16-year-olds, do you? I mean, I'm related to 16-year-olds, oh, okay. so yes, and, in that in that sense. And like adults go to children's parties now? Is that the thing that happens? Have, have, have you not been to a Sweet 16? It's like a big affair. This, no. They, there are family tables. There are friend tables. It's a whole... It was a very pre-pandemic kind of vibe, and uh, yeah, it felt pretty good to be out and about. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I there were no adults at my sixteenth birthday party because why would there be? You're you you know that like this whole genre of party exists, right? Like, not, I mean, you may not have participated in it, but you're aware of it. I'm not particularly aware of it. I guess I know what bar mitzvahs are. I guess, but well, like. MTV used to have a whole television series about it. My Super Sweet Sixteen. Do you remember that? I I don't really. I I don't. I don't are you watch. You too old. I don't. I don't watch old? MTV. Post, How old are you? post the music. I I don't watch MTV much. So really old. Cool. Wow. Cool. cool, cool. Okay. <laughs> I mean, didn't MTV like celebrate their fortieth birthday this weekend or last Ugh. week or something like that? It was some some milestone birthday that was deeply upsetting. Yeah, so I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah. That would be, what, like, just doing the math in my head, that would seem like it would be a 40. Yeah. But yeah. It was, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, the point is, it was a Sweet 16 party. I was at the family table. I was not mm, hanging okay. out with 16-year-olds per se, but, you know. Oh, fair enough. They were there. Okay. Since it was a 
birthday party, party for, for people that age. One of yeah. them. Yeah. 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 Cool. But you know, lots of fun, loud music, and uh, yeah. good time was had by all. Well, is it possible that we have reached the end of small no! talk? <laughs> <laughs> that is very loud too. I don't. I don't know if it's going to come across as loud as it sounds to me right now, but. It's very forceful. Yeah, I just jacked it up in your monitor so it would bother you more. Did you really? No. Uh, but You know, it would be annoying to me, but I would give you a lot of credit <laughs> if you went that far just to fuck with me. Yeah, thank you. You um, should work on that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm actually giving you permission to find new ways to fuck around with me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll figure know. something out. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So what do you want to uh, talk about? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I gave you several topics in the pre-production meeting. <laughs> you know, I want to be clear. These pre-production meetings that you keep on referencing. Yeah. They happened the, about four minutes before we sat down. That is still pre. <laughs> I don't understand. And frankly, the fact that you can't remember what we talked about. I that, do vaguely yeah. recall. Um, I believe there's something about law professor. A law professor. Yes. George Mason University Law School has branded itself several years ago as ass law. Yeah, I mean, that is accurate. Yes. Now, now the Antonin Scalia School of Law. So the, where the, if you put the little O in there, the, where, where the assholes work. Uh, <laughs> now, they, they attempted to change that uh, soon after it was brought to their attention. <laughs> That's what it spelled out. As I uh, recall, we were all in the office at Above the Law when news of it broke and the fact that it was abbreviated as ass law had not come to their attention previously. Yeah. It was, it was a real moment when we very quickly were like, Hey, it spells ass law. Yeah. So, uh, the, I'm sorry. I'm just, I thought you were going to riff a little bit longer there, uh, while I tried to bring up the story. Well, they, uh, I do remember that, uh, we quickly said it was ass law. And then about the next day or two, they tried to be like, Oh no, we're going to be Antonin a law school. Yeah. So yeah. School of law. Flip around the yeah, school so, of law. Yeah, it's like, Oh, I was like, you can't unring them. Certain bells cannot be unrung. Yeah. But there's this ass law professor who is taking the school to court because he refuses to comply with their vaccine mandate. Well, that's dumb. Yeah. Well, and now in this instance, the vaccine mandate is uh, university wide and it's requiring people to be vaccinated and or it actually doesn't require vaccination, I should say, because if you aren't vaccinated, you're allowed to continue doing things remotely or, you know, wear masks. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's if there's a bare minimum style of mandate, That's this is what it. it is. Yeah. So the legal argument uh, in this lawsuit doesn't I, seem. I feel you use the word legal fairly loosely <laughs> when you talk about this. Uh, well, it was in a lawsuit. So, yes, a, a law professor decided to write it down. I don't know if that and makes file it. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not just like write it down and get it published by some overworked uh, law school student writing some journal somewhere. Yeah. This was in a they, they had to pay a filing fee. Yeah. So uh, Todd Zwicky puts out this law this lawsuit where he says, "You look pained discussing this. Yeah. Like, like I think it's breaking your brain. Well, it it was really it was really a, an uphill battle to read through this. Uh, so he. He got COVID himself and is over it, uh, which, you know, good for him. He has antibodies from that. So, you know, awesome. Or so he says. <laughs> yeah. So he says, well, I mean, tests seem to confirm. And he claims that because he has antibodies from that, he shouldn't have to get vaccinated. Now, is it possible that having the, the illness leads to persistent 
antibodies that will never go away? Maybe. Probably uh, not. But probably maybe. not. When that invisible threshold comes, who knows? Uh, you do know when when studies suggest that we might start running low on antibodies from a vaccine. So mm. it would be a much easier way to guarantee yeah. immunity. It, it, it just seems incredibly easy also yeah, to so, get a vaccine. Right. So this guy doesn't want to do it because he's already had it. Okay, uh, so he wears a mask. So what's the problem? Well, see, now that's a great question. Uh, yeah. He doesn't say he can do that because it would prevent him from carrying out his professional responsibilities if he had to wear a mask. The opposite seems true. Yeah, I it, would think it actually hurts your professional responsibilities way more to uh, be unvaccinated and unmasked in a closed indoor space in front of students. Well, what you don't understand is that it is, quote, punitive for him to have to wear a mask. Or you can get the vaccine. Yeah, well, I mean, there's that, too. But, I mean, you never know. Like, that's like violating, like, the Nuremberg Convention and stuff like that. <laughs> that that's basically why that no, was no, that, that, yeah. it actually, that reference is not in this one, but pretty much everything else from that universe is. Uh, it is, he labels it a constitutional violation for somebody to force him to take an, an injection against his will. For this, he cites, you know, the, the deep constitutional history of preventing people from forced vaccinations like prisoners or people who are, uh, uh, there's a lot in the context of mm -hmm. assisted suicide, where people do not have the ability to give informed consent, and yet you give it to them. Sure. So he cites all of those, and it's like, cool, there's there's that case, yeah, I see it, check. And then that, that case, yeah, check. And then he gets to the paragraph where he says, so based on this, obviously, I don't have to get, this is the same thing when they say, I need this to go to work. And uh, That's that actually is the opposite of obvious. Well, you know, it's weird is there's no case citation for that one. It's it's weird how like that one just doesn't get to have one because it's yeah, pure gibberish. Yeah, yeah. And and here's the other thing which also coincides with other stories at Above the Law is that we know that a whole bunch of big law firms are requiring vaccinations in order to come back to the office. Yes. Obviously. Because, yeah. Because it's it's obviously not illegal. And in fact, incredibly recommended. It's just shocking to me that this he he filed this. But I guess, you know, this is how you get on Newsmax or yeah. or whatever right wing well, at this point, talking it's, circuit. It's how you work at Aslaw. Um, it, like a, another legal academic person uh, back channel anonymously back channel B just said, like, does it strike you as weird that it's just the faculty of Aslaw and Notre Dame who like have these sorts of problems. No. I was like, no, 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 it's a feature, not a bug. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they, these are two schools that have worked very hard to like, and less Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame has, you know, some diversity among uh, ideology on yeah, there, but, but they when you're only uh, Supreme Court justice. Uh, is, well, is and, Amy and there Barrett. was that and there was that horrifically bad exam that they they wrote a few years ago well the point uh, yes and, and i'm that is also true but but again i think that you're still gonna get painted with the brush of your one of your more prominent faculty yeah but yeah, yeah so this guy wrote down this complaint filed it and uh yeah that's a thing we're gonna have to deal with now obviously this is not really gonna go anywhere unless they get the world's dumbest judges because this is pretty 
cut and dry. Uh, when, when you don't have case citations for your the primary thrust of your <laughs> argument, uh, you've got some problems. But yeah, they, this is the world we live in. There's going to be yeah, law professors who do this. Especially when there is an alternative to getting vaccinated within their policy. Like, it does it seem does, to cover a lot of the issues, it, doesn't it, it? it? Yeah, it's highly, highly suspect at that point, I would think. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, what's going on. I mean... It's just that the problem for Zwicky is that he went to law school to be a lawyer, not a scientist. Oh, what else uh, did you not go to law school to be? Uh, you you don't you go to law school to be a lawyer and not an accountant. There you go. That's why you should take advantage of Nota, no cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind and one click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real time bank data. Visit trustnota.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. There you go. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Oh, wow. Right back at you. Right back at you. Well, I guess we should talk about some business side. We talked law school. Let's talk some business side stuff. Cravath, the law firm that kind of dictates the way in which law firms operate many in a non-coercive but very real way <laughs> that, that is the most lawyerly thing that i think that's yeah, yeah i think that's fair they, they, <laughs> non-coercive but they're, they're, still influential there's no collusion when there's everybody no. everybody just decides to follow one one firm <laughs> there's no collusion no collusion uh anyway yes no cravath has weighed in on the office reopening issue now mm-hmm. we've had uh several firms say, oh, we're going to go back to normal. And we've had several firms say we're going to go to more of a four-day work week in the office with a day remote. We've had some that say three days in the office. Some who say it's going to be these three days, others that give flexibility. Cravath obviously hadn't weighed in for a while. We finally have their policy. And I guess the question is, is this going to be the situation, before I get into the policy, is this going to be the situation where like so many bonuses and salary charts of the past where Cravath comes in with a new policy that becomes the like default policy. I don't think so just because so many other firms have already come up with their policies. I also think that other firms that perhaps have a different mix of locations will also have different policies. I think a firm that is more California centric or one that is more Texas centric have different things going on um, locally that may change their how, how they're or internet more firms that have many more international, you know, a magic circle firm has different things that are going on when they're creating their policy. So I think that it's different than money. Um, I also am not sure that I think within a year to 18 months, these policies are going to be largely irrelevant because it doesn't matter what is written down on paper. What matters is the lived experience for associates. And I think that that is going to not be policy based. I think it's going to be very group based, very uh, very specific to who you work for. And that may be you get to work remotely three days a week and show up twice a week, maybe. And other groups, maybe I'm in the office six days. Yeah, uh, and I think that it it whatever's written down on paper will be lovely, but will only matter in for very young associates. But when you kind of get into the meat of your career, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah, I, I guess I just feel I don't know. It, like it, you're right that the, like as a big law attorney, like you don't really feel like you have. Uh, even a five-day work week. You have a seven-day work week. Mm -hmm. It's like a five-day in the office week. And frankly, you're in the office some of those other days too. That said, I don't know. Like I feel like written policies kind of normalizing the idea of taking advantage of this are valuable. Well, let's get into Cravath's exact policy because I thought it was clever. And I I 
termed it the three and a half days a week policy, though mm-hmm. that's not obviously they, they aren't saying that you have a half day. Uh, <laughs> but I, but it kind of worked out this way because rather than say three or four days in the office, Cravath opted to say you have six remote work days that you can space throughout the month, offering a little bit more flexibility. So theoretically, one could do two four days and then two three days, mm-hmm. equaling up to 3.5. What I think is useful about this policy is it does offer a lot of flexibility. It mm-hmm. offers the idea that lawyers are professionals and can better manage what they need and when they need it. I think that you could very well end up with more of a situation, though, where everybody's working all the time and then you have a deal finish and you're like, I'm not taking vacation time, but I'm not going to be here for the next five days. Uh, (laughs) I've got to work from home and like clear up administrative stuff, but the deal's done. New one's not kicked off yet. I have some time to work from home in more of a block. Uh, I think that could happen. The upshot of that is, you know, it respects the the flexibility. The downshot of that, of course, is it goes to kind of what you were saying about what's the lived experience. If the lived experience becomes not you can use these throughout the month in you know ways you see fit and more you will use them all in a big tranche at the end once uh, some mm-hmm. some or, opening or Fridays happens. are just no yeah. one's in the office on Fridays right and uh, like what well, I mean that's fine too like mm-hmm. whatever yeah. like I just I just worry it'll become a situation where you work around the clock for three weeks and then have one week where you work at home and that not being a choice of yours so much as the way the deal crumbles but you know whatever but um, but to kind of play the opposite side here for a minute, the yeah. uh, absent the policy, the reality was you worked those three weeks the way you were always going to work those three weeks. And then you still have to show up to the office at 1030 on the, that, yeah. on the Monday after the deal for no good goddamn reason. Well, I mean, I'm saying as opposed to the ones that say four or three day weeks, uh, okay. I'm saying like the grouping it into a month for flexibility purposes is good until I worry that it's going to become a situation where there's constant work until uh, a a string together at the end when there's an opening, Mm -hmm. which, you know, hey, maybe that is how people would like to do it. I I don't know. And if you're busy enough that you're working those kind of around the clock hours for however long you have to do it, uh, I think having the flexibility at the back end as opposed to, I mean, if you're working like that, you're not taking your Friday for working from home if you can't, you know, if there, if you have to be at a printer or you have to, of course, course. like there's, there's lots of reasons why you would still have to be in the office when you're working those kinds of hours. So, at least it kind of says, you know, you can take the break when you when your work schedule affords it. Yeah, I am optimistic about this policy. I even though I I raised some concerns, I think that it's a good way of getting at what's the emerging consensus between three and four days of a, a week in the office. I think that it allows flexibility. I, that's great. I don't think it meets the The other issue, not that Trevath needs it to, but it doesn't meet the other issue that some firms are looking at, which is, can we potentially parlay this into a hoteling situation where we can then downsize our floor space? This seemingly would not do that since it's up in the air which days people take Mm -hmm. off all the time. So people will need their own offices. And that's fine. Trevath doesn't need to downsize, but it doesn't meet that one thing that some firms are looking for Mm -hmm. uh, as far as forging the perfect policy. It's, it still remains interesting to see how these firms are going to yeah. deal with the new normal. I mean, this, uh, I know. And they're, and they're casual now. 
business Ooh, casual. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, they're also hi- hiring laterals, so I guess they kind of have to. also is, yeah. Which is also, I mean, a lot of changes at Cravath. Yeah. It's actually incredibly noteworthy when you think about all these stories together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do not like piece all of them. Like, they, they, because they all came right in separately. Yeah, yeah, what's going on right now? Yeah. yeah, so that was the other story that we talked a little bit about is that uh, Cravath is hiring lateral associates uh-huh. now, which, you know, is uh, not what they've done historically. They even have on their website that we don't hire laterals. Yeah. And they actually uh, put out an announcement for a hiring a um, recruiting position internally that is just deals with onboarding the laterals. Yep. So. That's a massive change for a firm that has a, a long tradition of not doing that. Right, right. Know? Well, you know, listen, unprecedented times, here we are. Yeah. So we're going to have to figure it out. And it, that's that's the whole risk and something we talked about when we talked about the hot lateral market in you know previous iterations of the podcast and on the website is that it's a, it's a really wild market right now for yeah. lateral associates. And so... If Cravath needs to get some of those folks, they're going to do what they have to do. And kudos for them for kind of, you know, saying, yes, we have a system, but we have also our moment right now. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let's hear from our friends at Lexicon at this point, and then we'll come back and talk about something else. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. What's that something else, do you think? God damn it, Joe. What? I don't remember. You know, you can, it makes me sound like I'm just like flighty because I don't remember, but I was literally trying to wrap up writing my last story that is scheduled to publish while we're recording this, by the way. So I... <laughs> Are you calling me a clown? What is, what is that noise? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just felt like the hitting something. Interesting. I want to hit something too. You want that one? I don't know. Like I got gongs. I got explosions. I, I want to hit something too. Okay. <laughs> it was a thinly veiled reference to physical. Violence. Oh, it wasn't thinly. <laughs> that was actually. It wasn't veiled in any way. Actually, fair enough. Fair it's enough. just kind of explicit. My uh, point is that I was in the middle of wrapping up a story that has to be published as we were recording. Mm. So yeah, maybe I don't remember everything. I remember that they weren't my stories, so I didn't have to think about it too hard. I just had to react. I knew it was one of your stories. Yeah, let's see. How are we doing on time here? Um, <laughs> no, it does affect uh, which of these we do, I think, because of the uh, options. Something, something the options. There was one that was, was probably is a much deeper conversation. So let's just go. Speaking of law firms, uh-huh. Greenberg Traurig. Um, oh, yeah. Greenberg, Greenberg Traurig is a law firm. You may have been following them in the uh, Free Britney story because they're uh, they're involved in that, uh, trying to uh, fight free that Britney. Yeah, 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 yeah quite are. literally that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. also, Greenberg Traurig used to be the professional home of Rudy Giuliani. He uh, had that work out for them. They severed ties with him in somewhat dramatic for law firm fashion several years ago. That said. He still lists on his personal bio that he's a senior advisor at Greenberg Traurig to this that day. That seems wildly inaccurate. Well, so uh, is it like, is it is his CV that has like to present written on it and it hasn't been? No, updated? it's his bio on his uh, private company. So he has a he has his own little uh, security firm doing not lobbying. 
but by that I mean <laughs> absolutely lobbying. absolutely lobbying. Yeah. So he does that for like cybersecurity or or what was the? Yeah, I don't. It doesn't I, matter, know, I suppose. Yeah, you know the usual. The huge. Anyway, so he lists. So is it that Greenberg has hired him back, or no? He's just not great about updating his website, or is he uh, trying to? It's unclear what the situation is, but he does have on this website that he continues in his, in his role as chairman and CEO of this company, as well as a senior advisor, senior chair of firm development at Greenberg Traurig. Now, is it that he's not updated? Maybe. Does that say something about his ability to be a cybersecurity expert? Probably. <laughs> but it's also true. Maybe he's just like making it seem like he still works there. It's unclear. When reached for comment, Greenberg Traurig responded with, we parted ways in May of 2018 and anything implying otherwise is incorrect. We have no control or awareness of what he does on his own. <laughs> uh, which that strikes me as that strikes me as one of the uh, Bless, that is a great statement. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's one of the snarkier things you can get out of an actual law firm. Bless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's great. Or awareness. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I even know? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, see, uh, I, I felt like that. That yeah. was the one. All right. Uh, it was like, that is basically some some person in the comms department being like, we made a very big mistake and corrected it already. Please, please stop bringing this up. Yes. Yeah, and, and look, I, I felt the need to, uh, to bring this up, not, you know, more to kind of like for their benefit i was like D you all should know what's yeah, happening they, yeah. out here the, this way the statement gets out there too that it is it is not a it's not an ongoing relationship correct you may not remember what happened in 2018 between 2018 and now seems like seven million years so yeah. it's entirely forgivable if you don't remember what happened in in may of 2018 between greenberg and and rudy but you should be aware not actually affiliated yeah. no matter what he says right yeah. Anyway, it, it's useful to know. It is a question, like how much. I, I guess I. I don't know how frequently I update like LinkedIn's and stuff like that. Now, granted, look, that's clearly a different thing than running your own company and the bio on your own company. Like that. Mm -hmm, that's something mm -hmm. you should be on top of. But you know, I, mean, I think the last time I updated my LinkedIn was when I got a new job, though, right? I feel yeah, like that's a good thing I mean, you yeah, do. That's true. You know, uh, I was like, oh. Got a new job. Got a new title. Let me let me go through that. I I, I'm just gonna say here, not that, and, and I say it all the time. People listening to this probably aren't the people who need to hear this, but like, LinkedIn is a complete black hole for me. <laughs> like, if people try to reach out rather than like on the on above the law. It has my email. I have the Twitter accounts and all that sort of thing. Like, you can reach me in so many ways. Yeah. And people send me these LinkedIn, LinkedIn messages. Is like my last, I would agree. Well, because it, it doesn't alert you when they show up so i, I think sometimes it does, but no maybe it goes to spam so no it goes into uh no and actually once uh i read an faq where somebody asked like could you make it so that we get pinged when that happens and they were like why wouldn't why wouldn't you be in linkedin like their whole worldview is that you would always be logged into this thing but yeah so it just especially when it's somebody sending you new who's not a contact mm -hmm. it just sits in there as until you approve them as a contact and then when it does it floods your box with messages they've sent while it was pending amazing it's yeah so like yeah it, i i i'm just never there so reach me anywhere else method of communication yeah yeah, Catherine at AboveTheLaw.com. Yeah, okay. what, yeah, exactly. Super easy. Joe, yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, your name is easier because there's not as many various spellings as there is of my first name. I guess name. that's fair, that's fair. But, you know, it's Catherine with a K and a Y. Yeah. 
So anyway, that I think concludes the show. So you should be listening. Obviously, you're doing that now. So you've done the first step already. Now, the next thing is subscribing to the show so you get it when they drop. You should be giving it reviews and stars and writing things about it, show engagement, get it more up there in the old algorithm for people searching for, hey, law podcasts to listen to. Uh, what up with that? Yeah, you should be reading Above the Law. As always, you should be following us on social media. She's at Catherine, the numeral one. I'm at Joseph Patrice. No, yeah, that's right. Um, I'm at Joseph Patrice. I'm now thinking uh, you should be... Subscribed? No, I did the subscribe. You're, like, if you, you're, you're just being incredibly distracting here. By my face? Like I... You are making faces. Do not, not deny that. I nope. am not. But, uh, this is just my face. Mm, anyway, so... No, you should be listening to the Jabot. Her other shows should listen to the Legal Tech Week Roundup Le- Journalist Roundtable. That's a, that's that's it. Uh, you should be checking out the other shows from the Legal Talk Network. Uh, thanks to Nota powered by MT Bank and Lexicon. And I think with all of that, now we're we're done. Peace. Peace.